2: all
3: right all right hi guys how are you we're back to the neil haley's show here on the total celebrity segment i'm excited to welcome the program we're going to talk about one chicago i have miranda ray mayo from chicago fire and jesse lee Soffer of chicago pd guys thanks for coming by how are you
1: thanks for having us
3: absolutely we're we're excited to chat with you today again season finale let's go first with with uh, Miranda how excited are you about the season finale
0: I'm very excited I'm very excited to see fans reactions I think that they are going to go nuts I don't think that their reactions are you know going to be like joyful happy-go-lucky but it's going to be really fun and entertaining for me to um watch you know it's like (laughs) tables are flipped you know normally it's them um you know really relishing in in the paint on screen and um i think that's going to be me um, at the end of this um
3: season finale. <laughs> absolutely and let's go to jesse uh, how about you and you always like when it's kind of like you guys are together as one right if chicago especially a season finale to have that you like that right
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, although this year, you know, our our, uh, we didn't do a big crossover uh, for the finales. We we uh, we kind of all did our own thing Um, like being part of it. Was
3: it like being a team in so many ways? All of you together? Oh, of course. Yeah, of
1: course. You know, we, we we we're we're so fortunate. We have we have this huge Dick Wolf universe to go and play in in Chicago. It's 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 amazing. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. So what should we expect
1: for you for the season finale? So you can like. Uh, the finale is going to be very intense for the fans. Just like Miranda said, I don't know that they're going to be happy. Some moments might make them really happy. Other moments, they're going to be like, what are you doing to me? It's, I I, (laughs) I think it's going to be a roller coaster ride. Um, you know, the team is very divided. Uh, Burgess, um, something awful happens to Burgess and, uh, and we're all fighting to get her back. And the way we go about doing it is going to be. Very different. There's, there's going to be a few members of the team on this side, a few members on this side, and, uh, and it's going to be a huge conflict. And, I, and it's, it's kind of one of the first times there's, there's a, a crack in the unit. Uh, and I, I don't know if the, the fans are going to be stressed out. That's what I think, in a good way
3: oh we'll see but that's good then it keeps them going and and that's the fun thing about it right Miranda is you constantly see your fans each season just wanting more and more right and then say oh my gosh that season finale now I gotta wait till next year you know next season and that's the kind of a show that keeps going on and on to be a part of it it's amazing
0: 1000 percent. it's a very like toxic relationship you know what I'm saying like if like if my fans and our fans if the fans were a person and then like (laughs) the the Chicago universe was a person it would be you know like we keep hurting them but they keep coming back (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) that's what shows are supposed to do right now you're If you don't,
3: you don't you don't entertain your fans, they don't come back and then you don't get renewed. Bottom line. So there you go. Oh, and great. if you don't make it so that you can't wait to watch next week, and the competition factor's fierce in this industry now, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, it's a toxic relationship. I think she said it right. Oh, you like that <laughs> one. You like that one. And 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 Jesse, I guess, what would you say to your fans right now why they should tune into the season finale?
1: Uh, because it, it is. It's a roller coaster. It's, it's going to be so um, so intense. It's scary. Uh, Marina Scorciotti kills it. She does an incredible job in this episode. And everybody does. There's performances. Uh, Ruzek and Atwater have such a conflict. Uh, Halstead and Voight are going at it. Halstead and Upton have uh, this huge cliffhanger at the end. Um, and uh, Tracy Spiridakis has this amazing moment. She killed this scene that we did uh, so emotional and heartfelt. And, um, it's just, it's, it's got everything. The episode's going to be really entertaining.
3: Fantastic. And that's what I think the exciting part about it is guys, is everyone needs to tune in May 26th, 9.00 PM Eastern. Everyone needs to tune into the episode. And one more thing, Miranda, what do you want to say to your fans? Why they should tune in as well?
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, listen, it may be a toxic relationship, but like, it's going to be so much fun like like a roller coaster you know what i mean it's the stress it's the stress going up going up and then you go you go down it's amazing and you run and you get back in line for more it's gonna be great
3: <laughs> you know and what, what i hate guys is if we tell anything everyone goes back and binge watches we all binge watch that's all we do nowadays because of covid or in our schedules we don't we're, we never find the time of the day Go back, but everyone needs to tune this, tune in this live. But then catch up to all the other episodes at NBC.com, right? Catch up to the whole season. Absolutely, absolutely. The- Start from the beginning. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you guys stopping by. Thanks again, and take care.
0: Thank, Thank you. you. All right,
3: you're welcome. You're welcome. You're listening to the Neil Haley Show. i watching the Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a
4: moment.
5: Win meet and greets,
3: celebrity merchandise, gift cards,
2: and more. Download
3: Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, how are you? It's just, we're just keep rolling in April. It's April Fool's Day, and uh, I, I can't believe it, April 1st, and we're still living in a pandemic world, Dave. Both you and Victoria are in L.A. I'm in Pittsburgh, and we're all shut down compared to other places in the country that are open up. like I talked to my friends in Tampa. It seems like it's a normal thing. I ate for, out for the first time, Dave, yesterday had lunch. Um, I ate in a restaurant. It was really weird in a whole year. How really? are you? Dave? Yeah. Have you done it more?
4: Yeah, we're a little better here, but we were still eating outside over a a tent and stuff. Oh, so there's no indoor
3: dining. It was an indoor dining, Dave. So you put your mask on, which is the goofiest thing in the world. You put your mask on, okay? You go and put your mask on, (laughs) and then you sit down and take it off. Okay, if I'm going to walk around, I'm going to make sure I have my mask on. Then I'm going to go get ready to leave, put my mask on, and walk out, and then take it off again. So that's it. But our guest today, go ahead and introduce our guest. I cannot wait to chat with her. I know she wants to jump on Clubhouse with me as well. Introduce our guest Dave.
4: You and Clubhouse, you're doing great with that thing.
3: Yeah, but so now want- Fireside too, which I can't mention. I've been asked to be a creator on Fireside for Mark Cuban's program, Alice's Computer wow. Creator. So I, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a training next week with that. So I'm looking forward to that too. So I'm not going to put all my eggs in a Clubhouse basket. That's not the way to do it. And Twitter Spaces, I'm waiting for an invite.
4: Uh, And we'll have to ask Victoria if she has one. But go ahead, Dave, and introduce our guest. Well, we've got the beautiful Victoria Gordon. And as you can see, she's very beautiful. And she inherited uh, her lifestyle from show business family. And right now, she's doing uh, a new anthology called Pilot Season, And welcome to the show, Victoria.
5: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be here.
4: Now, Victoria, I was reading in your bio,
3: two years old, you started to act and do stuff. Is that correct? That's
5: a bit of an exaggeration. (laughs) So when I was two, my parents were always very strict about not letting me act. Um, It wasn't until I was a teenager that they let me actually do anything professional. But when I was two, my great uncle was a symphony conductor. And he would have an annual big concert gala here in L.A., where he would do what was called the Battle of Batons. And celebrities would come and they'd conduct the orchestra and the audience would pick their favorite to win the golden baton. And (laughs) somebody had to bring the golden baton out on stage. So when I was like two, my mom said, you know what? She's old enough, she can walk in a straight line, she's gonna do it. So she hands me like a stick, essentially a baton, painted gold with a bow on it and pushes me out. And I'm two and I'm just being pushed out in front of a crowd (laughs) and I don't know what to do. So I just kind of, you know, make a cute little expression and wave and the audience is laughing. And my great uncle who was not, one to be upstaged. He was the star of every show. (laughs) Even he had to stop and laugh at the sight of his little great niece toddling out on stage to hand him the baton. So I I knew from that moment, without even knowing it, because I don't remember it, that I was going to be a performer.
3: But why did it take so long?
5: Well, I mean, it didn't really, when you start to think about it. I started playing violin at four. I began singing when I was about 10. I started... Uh So I was always acting, I would do school plays and I would do drama camp. And my parents whole thing was, but you can't act until you're 18 because they had seen enough from the other side. And they were like, we don't want you in that life. So I thought that was just what was gonna happen. And the day I turned 18, I was gonna go out and become a star. Um, But then when I was 14, my dad took me, he was like guest teaching an acting class for a friend of his. And he took me and the coach who was there said, okay, look, if you're gonna be here, you gotta act. So I was like, okay. I'll act. So he gives me a newspaper clipping and I have to improvise a character based on the newspaper clipping. And it was like a dog whisperer or something like this woman from Boston. And I did this whole routine where I was this dog whisperer woman from Boston. And it was so funny that when it was over, the acting coach said to my dad, why does she not, why is she not out there making money and like doing this? And my dad said, well, obviously, you know why? And he said, no, I don't, I have no good reason why your kid is not out there. And that's when I got my first agent and started working.
3: Wow. But violin and everything, Dave, wow. She's impressive, isn't she? Dave, you're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> April Fool, you, I'm not being April Fools, you're on mute, man.
4: Let's see. So maybe. you went to Beverly Hills High School, right?
5: Oh, yes, I did.
4: So tell me, let's start there. What's it like going to Beverly Hills High School, growing up with all of the big superstars that were just, you know, horny teenagers, I guess? I don't know. <laughs>
5: Well, you know, I'm a second-generation Beverly High alum. My mom also went to Beverly, wow. and I think the thing that is really important to note about Beverly Hills, and especially about the high school, is that it's not all swimming pools and movie stars and glamour. And there's and
3: two, right? There's two different high schools in Beverly Hills, right? Yeah,
5: there's just the one. The one on 90210 was made up.
3: Okay, I knew that because I yeah. ended up. Yeah. <laughs>
5: <clears throat> um, there's technically an alternative school that's attached to the high school, and that's like where Angelina Jolie went, but. The main high school that almost everyone who has gone to Beverly Hills schools goes to is Beverly Hills high school. And the thing that's so important is that there is a very strong culture of, I don't want to say poverty, that's the wrong term, but not everyone who is in Beverly Hills has a ton of money and a huge house. We have a huge percentage of our residents who are renters. And I think like 12% of people living below the poverty line. We have one of the most disparate Mm. economies of any city in the country because we have the extremely wealthy and then the extremely poor. And it's very hard for them to get started because they live in Beverly Hills. So it's an interesting place to grow up for sure. But there is also that celebrity component, that element of, you know, this person's dad was on this thing, or this person's mom did that thing. When my mom went there, especially. I mean, she was close with Carrie Fisher. And um, there were other celebrity kids who were there at the same time. I'm wow. trying to examples. So I mean, she had some really cool ones. But regardless, we're in high school. I mean, everyone's just a person. I, I feel like High schoolers- have So who started-
3: famous did you go to high school with when you Logan went to that? Logan Lerman
5: was actually a year ahead of me, Logan Lerman. And oh. um, we have some people who are up and coming that you're going to be hearing about in the coming years. I think some people who really have a lot going for them. And mostly though, I feel like a lot of the kids I went to school with were not really kids anymore. I've seen a lot of people going into tech and like hmm. fields like that and less into entertainment, which is kind yeah, of- Yeah,
3: because you wouldn't think lots of people- in Hollywood, live in Beverly Hills. They don't. They either live where they're actors, right? Where do they well, yeah, live? I mean,
5: Beverly Hills is not the most desirable place to live if you're an actor. It's not really close to anything. There's no major freeway nearby. So most actors live either further out, like into Lake, or some are really artsy. Like I think Billie Eilish is over in. Silver she's not an actor, but she's in Silver Lake or Echo Park. Um, you get people in Brentwood with these big mansions or Santa Monica you do, there are definitely celebrities in Beverly Hills. Do not get me wrong. Um, I see Jay Leno all the time. Jay Leno drives through with his cars and it's like the coolest thing to see in the morning. And because um, <laughs> well, he has such a great collection, but um it's less about the celebrity culture now, more about the people I find that are moving into Beverly Hills are like in tech or in finance, less of the like. Okay. Types.
4: Well, I'm, I'm curious though, who are some of the poorer people who are living in apartments in beverly hills what is their motivation i mean are they just trying to break into the business or obviously
5: schools no often it's to get their kids into beverly hills schools because Beverly oh. Hills are stronger than los angeles schools so yeah. they move into these apartments and actually on the tv show 90210 andrea zuckerman lived in her grandmother's apartment so she could go to beverly or west beverly
3: i remember that yes gotcha. yes
5: yeah. So she was kind of a classic example of that, but no, there is that. But also I know some people who just, you know, aren't particularly wealthy, but they found a decent rent and they thought it was a safe area to live. And they just figured, well, I might as well live in Beverly Hills. I can live anywhere. So we have both sides of it. And I think that's something that people often forget or don't know.
3: All right. So you go through this process of, uh, you know, growing up Beverly Hills, then going on into Did you you, you attend college after that? I did. I went to
5: USC. I was a fourth-generation. Hey, my alma
3: mater. Okay.
0: So (laughs) how about the whole
3: USC scandal and everything? What did you think of that? Uh, That was crazy. I watched it on Netflix, and I loved that. That was awesome. I'm sure
4: she already knew what was going on. I was
5: (laughs) mortified. I mean, I went to USC when I started there. We had just We were in the first year of the two-year suspension for the Heisman scandal. So I was like, okay, I'm just not going to talk about football. Which, obviously, going to USC, you only talk about football. Right. Um, then, at, long after I graduated, this scandal happens. And my sister and I look at each other, because she also went to USC. I'm like, great. Now everyone's going to assume we bought our way in. And, in fact, we went on a family vacation not long after this broke. And every time someone said, well, where did you go to school? We were like, USC. But but we got in legitimately. We, we totally Is got that, in legitimately. But would
3: you think of the Netflix thing? I was pretty – it was kind of weird. It was it was kind of funny, but it was so tragic. Did you, you watch the Netflix? Watch
5: it here because my mom – and a friend of hers, are the two of them, because they both have kids who went to USC, are like obsessed with this scandal. And I think the goal has been to kind of do like a watch party of some sort, either once we're all vaccinated or virtually. So we haven't been able to get it together yet, but I really do want to see it because I just, I'm so curious to know if I went to school with someone who I'm sure I, I mean, obviously I did, but I don't, I do have a friend, this is not at USC, this is at ten actually, so kind of more in your neck of the woods, who told me that there was a guy she met at orientation who was like an athlete but he didn't really seem like an athlete and like he seemed kind of right. like he didn't really know what his sport was and she's like i bet he was part of it
3: see dave did you watch it on netflix yet uh, okay dave you're betting mute again are you there you're no i it. did
4: not <laughs> you did
3: not oh see what is it called i forget you know the name of it victoria right of
5: university blues
3: Yes, yes. Uh, and, and you don't know a part of the whole scandal, but I'm a former tutor, and SAT tutor as well. So I'm a former teacher. So that's why I really liked it. And it reminded me going into houses. I said, man, I didn't pick the right business.
2: Because that was unbelievable. The amount of money the guy
3: made before he even did that but he was a salesman completely and got the families in this college counseling thing. And I didn't know it was such a big business. I don't know why high yeah. school guidance counselors or college counselors even get into it. They should just do the private thing. It's much more money.
5: I know, I, I mean, honestly, I was a really good high school. I mean, I was a good college student too, but speaking about getting into college, I was a very good high school student. I had, just dates me a little bit, but I had a 2180 SAT. Wow. And I got I an 800 on the writing section. Um, and I worked really hard. So I worked my tail off and got into USC, which to some people, were like, that's all you could do. But no, that was what <laughs> we wanted to be.
4: That's no, not easy.
5: No, it's not. I feel like when my cousin, so I'm a fourth generation. So the early ones, that was hard to get in. In the middle there, I think there was this reputation of, you know, you pay to see, you get the degree. Um, but then by the time my sister and I turned up, it was a serious academic institution. We were there in the post sample era, um, Stephen Sample right. being president who really stewarded the university. And it was just very much an academic institution and we had to work hard to get in. So it was disappointing to it's really
3: difficult to get in USC. That's what I did not know till the the documentary. So at least you know that for sure. All right, Dave, sorry we're going into that. We'll digress (laughs) with the
4: next question, Dave.
3: So yeah, I was reading about
4: Yeah. Go ahead. I was reading about how you have a lot of great stories. So why don't you tell us a great story about some of the things that you've been through.
5: Okay, let me think of a good one. Okay, I've got one. This is like <laughs> one of my best stories. So, when I was a high school senior, we had, my great uncle's orchestra had a concert. My great uncle had recently passed away. We were doing a big concert, not really as like a last hurrah for his orchestra, but just kind of like, you know, we're moving in a new direction without him. And um Carol Channing was coming to sing, and she lived in Northern California. So my uncle was like, we got to arrange a car to go pick up Carol Channing at the airport. I don't it's just like I don't have time for this. My mom said, we will pick up Carol Channing. So my mom pulls me out of school early. We get in the car. We drive to LAX. We pick up Carol Channing and her husband, ah. put them in the car, drive them an hour to their hotel. And the whole way, they're telling us stories. I mean, these people have incredible stories. It's Carol Channing sitting in the back seat of my car. Exactly. And, um, <laughs> I mean, it was insane. And what was so cool was that she was married at the end of her life to a man named Harry. And Carol and Harry had been like middle school, like junior high sweethearts. And they lost touch. They married other people. And then when she was like 80, they reconnected wow. and got married. And she said, oh. You never forget your first love.
0: <laughs> and then
5: we get there. We get to their hotel. We've had this long chat about her work in arts education and everything. And we get out. We get her bags in. We get into the lobby of the hotel. She takes one look at me. She says, Victoria, I couldn't tell in the car, you're so beautiful. And I was like, you <laughs> not <laughs> so that was one of those experiences I was like I will never ever forget having to thrive with Carol and Harry it was so special and they were just the loveliest people
3: so yeah. I have stories too as a former professional wrestler Victoria but one is I, ran, I met The Rock before he's The Rock and now at the <laughs> show and everything we were on the same show together we worked on tours and pro wrestling together wow. down South and he wore my knee pads we forgot for TV in Memphis Tennessee <laughs> so when I watched the show now Young Rock who I got to interview two of the stars from Young Rock I was like, oh my goodness, but I love the show because it's exactly the pro wrestling life, especially the territories and watching his dad, how he always had to put, put himself over, even though he was just a, you know, a, he, a big thing at one point. I remember all the guys, because then if you saw the movie, oh, the, the Wrestler, that's the same story. Did you ever see the movie The Wrestler?
5: I feel like I did, but that yeah, that's with, uh. I forget who story.
3: played in that, the wrestler, but that was my life as well, the wrestler, if you get a wow, chance to watch okay. that, Dave. If you get to watch that life, except the drugs, I but I was around a lot of drugs, but not me. So, you know, but uh, it's just always interesting to look at those stories. But now I just have to say, The title of your show, Pilot Season, (laughs) what an awesome thing. Because guess what? I talk to actors all the time. And when pilot season comes, everything shuts down of what you're doing. It's pilot season. We can't do media. It's pilot season this. And how did you come up with the name?
5: Well, I mean, that was kind of the joke. Is like, you know, it's pilot season. And most of the time, a network after going through everything will maybe call it down to like five pilots in each genre like five comedy five drama and they might not even pick up that many depending on what they're keeping but since I was putting out five different pilots I was like this is my own little pilot season I I think I actually said at some point this is like my own little version of pilot season like my full slate of pilots I was like that's what we call the show pilot season because it's five different pilots they're all a little different targeting different audiences and they're the kind of thing where a network might have a slate of five slightly different pilots and have to pick which audiences they're targeting
3: yeah, definitely. So what did people think that when you created this, the name, right? What were their thoughts? You know, think how creative were, oh, droll, because I know everyone says it's pilot season. I'm ad- auditioning for pilot season. It's a, it's a love-hate relationship, isn't it, for actors, pilot season?
5: Oh, totally. But for a couple of my friends who aren't quite at the level of being at pilot season auditions, they were like, I get to say I'm working at pilot season. And I'm like, say it however you want. Just say it. Um, So that was nice too. But also each episode, since it's a different pilot, had its own title. So most of the time we would refer to them less by the whole collective and more by like, okay, you're working on this one. You're working on Fame Adjacent. You're working on Behind the Times. And that's also honestly how I kept it straight. Otherwise I would have been like, Episode four, which one's episode four? (laughs) I would not have catched because they were all different shows. I had to really keep track. All
3: right. So where is the streaming? Where do you use use, the use? How are you streaming this?
5: I'm using YouTube for this. I have been using Twitch for my singing shows and Twitch is a very good platform for a lot of things, but I don't think it's quite right for this because you can't really save a video forever on Twitch. And I felt like YouTube is pretty accessible. Everyone knows YouTube and just
3: What are your take? What's your take on OTT networks coming? They're competing like a Hulu that they're putting out. A lot of people are creating their own OTT networks. What are your thoughts on that?
5: No, I think it's really interesting. I just, I'm questioning how long this can, how sustainable it is. I feel like, like I was talking to a friend of mine recently about the number of different content avenues we have to pursue as performers. It's such a hamster wheel that I'm shocked that there are that many people who feel they have that much content that they can either access or create and i think the only way this is going to really work is if a lot of people start teaming up otherwise it's just going to die off
3: mm. well that's what we're seeing in clubhouse now basically creating your own rooms might not yeah. even be worth its time unless you're a niche because you're not going to grow the audience you want to grow anymore because it's getting so large and we're i mean every week is different based on you know being in the these phases but we're seeing different you know I guess, growing pains in certain ways, but I understand all these different places. Now we're gonna have all these voice apps to go on. We have all the social media. Now we're talking OTT networks where like, again, I think is a, if you're creating an OTT network and you can make more money off the advertisers than you would if you were per se on YouTube, Remember, because guess how many dollars YouTube's making off those commercials? I know. A lot, it, a lot it, more. It, yeah. But if you yeah. owned your own and you got the same numbers, you're going to be getting a lot more advertising. What percent does YouTube give off of at commercials? But those are the things. But I agree with you. It's so hard to say, well, it's like all the different streaming networks now. It's not just Netflix and Hulu. You got Amazon. You got now you have NBC's network. You have Disney's network. It just it goes on and on. Right.
5: Oh, there's so much, and I was talking to, not long ago, someone about an incident I was involved in where someone tried to create a network, bought a ton of stuff kind of like with an advance. It wasn't a substantial advance, but like with the promise of a lot of back end. and the person who was doing the sales got scammed by the person who created the network. Wow. And it was really disappointing to me. I mean, it wasn't surprising, I wasn't expecting much, but it was really disappointing to see how someone had poured his heart and soul. He's like, look guys, I got sold. Like they they screwed me over. And I'm sorry, I got you all trapped in this. I'm like, I barely got trapped. Like, oh, you, you gave me nothing. So, um, but I mean, it's really tough. And I feel like the only way this is going to really work is if they start creating, if these networks become part of something bigger. And I feel like, like you're saying with Clubhouse, it's so true. I wouldn't just start a room now. I'd have to go through an existing large
3: club. Well, you know me now. You know me. So <laughs> I'm getting a, a, you know, Grant Cardone jumped in my room a couple of weeks ago.
5: Oh, is that the one where there was that big fight?
3: No, thank goodness no. It was a I I I host Club Pod, which is the largest podcasting uh group um club on Clubhouse. And we had about 80, 60 people in, and it he jumped in, it was about 440. So it was a pretty interesting group but it's all changing in so many ways for sure oh
5: absolutely absolutely my mom's on clubhouse i mean it, it's becoming that kind of network so rave's on
3: clubhouse too but he's not been in a while he doesn't understand the money to be made on clubhouse is extremely busy
4: doing a lot of commercial uh, okay stuff.
3: i know you've been busy doing this whole tv deal with the gas stations dave but we're going to yeah. get to that what other questions do you have for
4: victoria about pilot season anything else i have a couple too but um, I just wanted to back up briefly about COVID. I mean, we have actors on the show all the time and COVID either devastates the last year of their life. How did it affect you? Well,
5: it's, it's been devastating, but also very promising. I mean, obviously at first, I keep a line of day journal and I look back at my entries from last year and it's like, I was panicked. I didn't know what was going on. I thought Me I mean, we all were. And I remember a couple of cases, we all had this moment pretty early on where someone we know got sick or someone we know died. And it was i think everyone had a different moment of reckoning where it's like oh god this is like a real thing and for me that came pretty early on when i know someone whose parents both died within 24 hours of each other oh goodness it's like this is real this is this is not some made-up thing this is not going anywhere and then i started to use the time that i had because at first let's be real nobody did anything um to be creative and i did some shows online Mm -hmm. i wrote a lot and i took advantage of that free time now The flip side is I've been sitting home for like 13 months. I can count the number of social engagements I've had in the last year on one hand, literally. Um, And it's getting to a point now where I'm like, please just open. Although good news for us in LA, Dave, I read last night on deadline that LA is likely to hit herd immunity by the end of June. So that could really help.
4: Well, that's, I'm supposed to be in London in June. So I I hope London has hit that point as well.
5: Fingers crossed.
4: (laughs) Okay. So
3: pilot season, you didn't give us the premise. I love, I mean, I guess it's pretty much common sense. It's all about (laughs) pilot season, right? Is there, what character do you play?
5: No, no, no. So it's not like that. So it's five. Each one is, it's an anthology. Each one is a separate pilot. So I have five different pilots that I've written and each one is a different story with different characters and a different setup. And it sets up an entire series. So the idea being you're watching five pilots, like you're a network executive being given a slate of pilots.
3: But, they ha- but they're they involved in pilot season still. Are you sure in the behind the scenes in each one of the pilot seasons?
5: No, no. no. no it, they're, they're, they're five pilots. I mean, oh, so like, okay. the first one was like a multi cam pilot. And then we had one that was a dramedy pilot. And like, we had a couple of single cams that all had sort of different tones. So I was in two of them and I directed the other three. And yeah. they really have very little to do with actual pilot season except that they're pilots. Um,
4: gotcha. Yeah. Which is so you're not of- starring in all of them?
5: No, I'm in. I'm into I directed 3 and I actually really enjoyed that experience because I'm not directing is the one for me that's always kind of like eh, I don't know I don't want to do that <laughs> um, so by not being in them I gave myself the opportunity to really hone my directing skills and I'm glad I did oh. it was a lot of fun.
3: Okay Dave, uh go ahead and ask your caregiver uh caregiver question to Victoria.
4: Well, you know, you see behind me this is my life now. I I used to just be Mobile Dave, had a mobile gas station. And uh, one day, 25 years ago, when my wife and I were in the emptiness phase of life, we're thinking about traveling, you know, we raised our three daughters, got them all out of the house. We even got them all married, each one twice. Wow. <laughs> and my wife complains about this headache she had. She was only like 52 years old. I was 42. And uh, the headache turned into a stroke. She lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. And our, our world turned upside down. And I'm saying, oh, my gosh, you know, but you know, like most people do, you, you try to find the good in the bad and we grieve for a couple of years. But then, you know, we we decided to reinvent ourselves. Now, she still can't talk. She can communicate through Pictionary charades and she has a power chair and she can't walk. But we've been traveling the world just uh, helping caregivers get around because 30% of them actually die before their loved ones do. And now lately with gas prices going up because I still own a gas station for 42 years, Everyone wants me on TV talking about, well, why are gas prices going up? So, I mean, uh, and now they're making a movie on my life uh, about caregiving and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm I'm just excited. But my question on this caregiver segment (laughs) is, has caregiving touched your life? Because I believe you're either going to become a caregiver or you're going to need a caregiver eventually, everybody. It wasn't on my resume and I just, boom, instantly was one overnight. Have you thought about it, Have any of your relatives? uh...
5: Oh, wow, no, you're asking a question that's right in my wheelhouse. So I had five grandparents, my two grandmothers, two grandfathers, and my great uncle, who was never married, never had kids, and treated us like his grandkids. So they all aged. I mean, my grandfather, one grandfather died kind of young, very suddenly, 82, not like super young, but young compared to the others. Um, But then the other four all had some form of caregiver and my great uncle needed full-time care for the last two and a half years of his life, which was a huge job. My mom had to coordinate every single day to make sure the right caregivers were there. It was a constant struggle to make sure he was getting the care he needed. Um, My paternal grandmother had Alzheimer's and lived in a nursing home. And it was really tough watching as my grandfather's role went from being, you know, husband who is in a partnership to provider for his wife. I mean, advocate everything and i was a little too young to really get involved but i watched what happened and i always admired the fact that he made her fights his fights um my maternal grandmother was fine up until the last weeks of her life when she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and had full-time care and watching her go from someone who i mean every day got up and went to the office to what happened at the end of her life i am so grateful to the people who were taking care of her because the last thing she wanted was for any of us to feel like you know we had to do anything. for. She was that kind of person. Um, but my last one, my grandfather is the one who had the most hands-on care. My, my dad's dad, I, I, God rest his soul. I love my grandpa, Al, but he was a stubborn man and he (laughs) insisted on living alone, even though he was deaf and somewhat blind. And so like, he was constantly getting himself into messes. I mean, one time he scraped his hand open, you know, he was opening a can of soup and he scraped his whole hand across and had to get a ton of stitches. I mean, my dad, had to become the parent in the parent child relationship
4: role reversal
5: watching that was so difficult but at the same time it's just a reminder that you know we all have a role to play in these relationships and we think of it as oh he's parentified you know they're, he's being parentified as an adult which doesn't really make sense but right we all the roles evolve as time goes on and i'm grateful that i got to see firsthand people handle it really respectfully and really well and ultimately caregiving is huge i feel like we are all very fortunate to have the people we have in our lives. And if you care about them, yeah. that's, that's how you do it.
4: Yeah, well, that's why I started caregiverdave.com just to help caregivers to have a support. You know, I couldn't make it without support, but
5: check that out.
4: But, yeah. All
3: right. So Victoria, best place to connect with you. Where can we go?
5: Okay. Well, my recommendation is you come to my Twitter, which is not my Twitter. I do not have a Twitter because they will not <laughs> let me have my full name. Um, so I am on Instagram at the Victoria Gordon. Um, my website is also the Victoria Gordon.com. There you can find out everything you ever wanted to know about me and possibly more. Um, you can get in touch with me. You can watch my pilots. You can, whatever you want to do pretty much. And if you don't see something you like there, just message me because I always respond.
3: Oh, cool. awesome. All right. Well, we appreciate it, Victoria. Thanks again, Dave. And guys, you can take care. Thank you. All right. And we'll see you on clubhouse. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> you're out, listening man. and watching the caregiver, Dave celebrity segment. Take care guys. Please listen to the Forletta podcast. Larry Forletta, a retired DEA agent turned private investigator, will bring you true life stories on the war on drugs with some of the most infamous international drug traffickers of all time, to name a few. Pablo Escobar, Manuel Noriega, Joaquin Guzman, a.k.a. El Chapo, and other related real-life crime stories such as Waco. For more information, please visit his website at www.fcisllc.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment here on The Neil Haley Show. I'm excited to welcome Caregiver Dave and Sandy. Dave, how are you, man? And uh, are you loving it? Uh, Everything opening up back up again? And the gas station's got to be busy.
4: Gas station's amazingly busy. I was just on TV, uh, LA Market, uh, ABC did an interview right on the premises about uh, high gas tax prices went into effect yesterday in California. We are the highest gas tax in the country and higher than the federal excise tax. It's, uh, I'll tell you, I wish I could just move my gas station with a helicopter to another state. (laughs)
3: wow and see and that's that's the that's the big thing dave Is we look at you know the this this process and you're like but it does it hurt you if
4: they if gas prices are high
3: or you're still able to do well it does
4: hurt uh when gas prices are high people buy less gas they don't fill her up they get five or ten dollars they don't buy uh stuff in the store they don't even come in the store when gas prices are too high so we prefer gas prices much lower all right. we make more we make more money that way so dave i'm not usually the oddity right six foot ten but our
3: guest today i think he if we were walking down the street probably they'd recognize him quicker than me meaning taking a second look who's our guest
4: uh, well you're oh, i'm doing it <laughs> I, I, I can do it if you want to Now introduce <laughs> yourself, Colt. Now, why don't you just introduce yourself? Hey friends,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome me, to the Neil Haley Show.
4: Introduce yourself.
2: It's me, your favorite bearded redhead, Colt Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur everything. Happy to be here.
3: All right, so Colt, we're just going to jump right to the back. So thing. Were you one of ZZ Top's uh, backup singers?
2: Uh, no, I was a stunt double in the late 90s, uh, but only in black and white, uh, sort of artsy photos, because obviously this is this is not blonde zizi top. This is the luscious red.
3: Okay, so Dave, I'm going to jump out questions and we're gonna have a fun conversation with him. He is a podcaster, host type person as well as a social media influencer, Dave. So these are things again of different new social media platforms. We all know, you know, the Clubhouse fame, and I just jumped off of Green Room, almost about hitting twenty thousand gems. I was about to hit my 20th. Dave's like, Oh my gosh, 20. What is he talking about? Fireside. I'm the top seven Fireside creators now on Fireside and just continue to grow on these things, but we're all creating these social media platforms. But how did the, let's talk about cult first. You're an entrepreneur. How, when did that start for you?
2: Well, you know, I'm always uh, being, a redhead. I'm always looking for opportunities. And so if something interesting comes across my table that I feel like I can run with or add my unique point of view and, and promote something, I usually hop on. So which brought me to Rizzle, because originally I just did stuff on YouTube, but uh, folks at Rizzle approached me and said, hey, you want to try this new social media platform? And I said, yes. Yes, I would. And I've been there uh, pretty much. I've abandoned YouTube, and I'm just pretty much there all the time now. So
3: that's a video platform.
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's in that 60-second video market, so to speak. So uh, its main competitors are TikTok, but uh, I find Rizzle has a very unique, different take on it uh, than TikTok. So like with TikTok, each video is sort of a standalone video, uh, whereas in Rizzle, there's a subject And then other videos can be tagged onto it so you can go in and see a conversation between people uh, on a topic, on a variety of things. And then they also push very hard uh, sort of the concept of a three-minute series. So, like, three one-minute videos, beginning, middle, and end, telling a really quick story. And uh, there's some very creative people on there, very impressive,
4: high production value people. Colt, um, Neil usually gets his guests through... uh... Uh, publicist etc but i saw that you actually pitched him personally uh how did you know neil and uh, what what do you see uh the value of coming on neil's show
2: well neil and i go way back uh we were in a bar fight once in new york <laughs> city and he has a terrible don no, just kidding just kidding i think i can't embellish too much here uh i subscribed to a thing called Har- haro help out help a reporter out there yes and he I, pitched uh, it yeah, he pitched
3: yeah. it yeah. he pitched it i <laughs> check it
2: out every few days to see if there's interesting interview right. opportunities where i can lend my wisdom and expertise saw this show saw is from the great commonwealth of pennsylvania so hey i been ratings gold so i pitched myself to him
4: so for that's you. the
3: cc and dave that's what you pitch all the time you can explain that to people you pitch the same type of stuff all the time right
4: yeah different ways. yeah and I've been told to go to that uh, website, and I've, I haven't done it yet. Uh, but I'm going to pick myself a, a lot, note, help a reporter out.
2: It's a lot to go through because they'll send you like 90 to 120 requests. And so I usually, uh, you know, keyword find interview or social media or uh-huh. comedy. And just rather than read all 120 pictures, surprise, surprise, I'm not a pharmaceutical expert. So skip those <laughs> stories. And uh, give the ones
4: that I think would be I'd be add some value. to. So it's been working for you. I mean, there are actually reporters on there looking for a great. Oh, oh my gosh, Dave! It's it's huge.
3: You get to pitch wow. like the major, major. What's the matter with me? I would have told you about Hera, <laughs> but you did You
4: only somebody have Somebody told your me about that somebody to, somebody You only told have me. About that your podcast three out, Dave. years that's ago. All, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, yeah. So that's different. So you're you're, you're you're having me with the podcast and not the prn because you are already the pr guru of getting on all your own stuff he could teach people colt just like you two could teach people right now how they can get booked on any show anytime they want to so just just did my
4: 47th yesterday
3: yeah it's impressive and i'm waiting for that dave i'm i'm seeing you say it in words not enough in posts Let's go tell some stories about the 47th show. Say, I too can teach you how to get booked on them. I know you can't say that, but I too can give you advice and help you in that process. Maybe that's a good wording, you know, or just be a mentor to you. And then maybe the mentor will need uh, social media help, website design, SEO, podcast show. And then Dave, that's how you monetize. God, just could, the bottom who line. Could
4: all, who could do all that? Stuff I don't, I don't know who me. can, but
3: go to neilayla.com if you want to. But let's just jump back to Colt. Now, entrepreneur, I was trying to get the answer. How long have you been an entrepreneur?
2: Oh, well, I've been doing, uh, I mean, besides this, doing this fantastic thing, uh, I also provide marketing and social media support to a variety of businesses. I've been doing that for about 10 years. Um, pretty much, I always say self-taught, but uh, I was originally a teacher. And then uh, on the weekends, I would go to Philadelphia and do an improv comedy show uh surprise, surprise, comedy troops don't have a lot of funding. Uh so try to figure out as many free ways as possible to get more than our mothers to come to the show. And that's how I got into social media and I worked that into a job with a mail order catalog company who I had no supervision. You're while. a model. You're a model
3: of that mail order catalog. Cha- no, company, I just right? make it on
2: social media, but but I did film myself field testing as seen on TV products in the warehouse, took the videos put them on the website of not a fortune 500, but like a fortune thousand company. Assuming that, Okay. They'll tell me never, they'll tell me not to do that anymore. Nobody noticed. Nobody okay. noticed. It's, I was, I had no supervision, like a criminally lack of supervision there and just make videos of me doing these things. And from there, now I'm on your show, a to C. So just, you know, if you, if you enjoy doing something, keep doing it until someone says, stop doing it.
3: And that's the thing, Dave. Everyone's reinventing themselves in 2021. Not the reinventing. They're uh, finding out that the micro-influencer's coming, Dave. And that's a a mentor of mine brings up the name micro-influencer. And he talks about Steve Olsher all the time. Uh, He's the founder of Podcast Magazine, which I'm a sports category director for. And also he does a lot with podcasting and helps people monetize podcasting. And Steve always talks, it's the dawn of the micro-influencer. So someone like Colt, can come out of nowhere with talent and different things. And we're gonna get to Rizzle a little bit more later. But I Dave and I kind of like this free flowing conversation, right, Dave? Because you never know what you can say. It's a little different than your caregiving show, right, Dave? We kind of just go everywhere. (laughs) Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. And you never we've done improv on on it, right? We've got improv on this show, you and I So, Yeah. Here's my Dave question, uh Colt. Yes. Is that really your voice? Because oh yeah
2: no this this awful voice, this is all me. I mean I don't you, know why anyone would ever have it's this a thing cartoon voice.
4: I mean, you could do uh, makeovers, not makeovers, uh, voiceovers,
2: voiceovers. I, Hey, if someone wants if someone think they can market this, I can't <laughs> <hey, laughs> can hey, I can mark. I'm down for any adventure. Yes.
3: I said, <laughs> yes. I, said I, I said I can market it, Colt. I already know how we're gonna monetize each other, and that's so fun about this. You know, if I could talk all day to people. And then have my team take care of everything, and that's a gold mine, Dave. Next three months to be able to do that, it is going to be gold mine because I'll just have fun doing radio and just doing fun and having conversations with people, and then taking it offline. It's just like social audio. That's the whole thing, Dave. Is we have the conversation, we take it offline. That's a gold mine, Clubhouse. I still don't know why Dave hasn't seen that. Dave, I've probably done in sales. You want to hear this? Drum roll. About thirty grand from Clubhouse. Oh.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, yeah,
3: it's 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 a game changer. Clubhouse is a game changer. Fireside's a game changer. And also Green Room is a game changer. And really the dawn of the micro influencer. So back to you, Dave, with your next question for Colt. But I didn't know I'll go back to the follow up of Colt. Colt, you're telling me that's your voice. Okay. How yeah. long? So for, for entrepreneurship. So you said as an entrepreneur how do you help people as an entrepreneur i'm still interested in diving deeper into this where you talk about giving social media analytics to people it's not like your coach, you're going to provide a service for them you provide a breakdown explain what you do
2: uh yeah i mean not there, the people have various levels of how literate they are with social media some people think it is the end all sale of things, but uh, I, I find that social media is really an extension of a customer service aspect. Uh, it depends on what industry that you're in. Like, obviously, if you're doing stuff on Etsy, your sales are coming through Facebook. If yeah, you provide more, more of a more a service, like uh, an urgent care or a medical spa or something like that, I mean, you can't really sell massage a digital massage to anyone, but you can be there as a constant presence to pull in those clients to come to your store and uh i find social media today is like a business card yeah why aren't you easy. on
3: clubhouse cole oh, you, Club... you are in
2: clubhouse yes yes you never I, met uh, me yet. I... what's that you never met me on clubhouse yet and i live I on clubhouse Lane. Clubhouse. i'll have to email you we can hook up you can see all the
3: weird rooms i go into Okay, oh, so I'm at Neil Haley on Clubhouse. I'm gonna hit 5,000 party this month. I'm gonna probably hit 5,000 followers on Clubhouse. It'll be my one. I I got. I'm very close. I hope to break the party and have a 5,000 party uh, for Clubhouse wow. followers, Dave. It'll be wow. Still, yeah, yeah. So, but again, I do, I do I a hope, lot of
4: the crypto rooms on Clubhouse. Yeah, isn't
3: it? Man? But the knowledge base, Dave, that we have yeah, now,
4: very is impressive. Just
3: freaking believable. I bet you there are people. What you learned and develop that you can yeah. find now so much more
4: millionaires or billionaires just walk into the room, oh share God. their pearls and then leave, you know,
3: and then you, and then there's angel investors, all these different things. You meet people I'm representing somebody. It's about to create this movie on this a doc a, a, a series. And we're doing a pitch deck. It's amazing the people and who you meet in this world. If you just put yourself out there, Dave, I mean, yeah. And, and that's the the, the entrepreneur thing. Yeah, so Just keep
4: telling me to do that, Neil.
3: I will keep telling you to do that. And I'll have somebody who I have as a business partner now. And she will talk about specifically what she does as a project manager is the current clients and saying, how can you maximize your potential even more? I think that the missing component we all have in life is we look at ourselves and we think we only can grow a certain amount and no more. So I'm going oh. back to Rizzle again and then I'm going to let Dave talk some more. Rizzle, yes. is it like Vine? Is it the replacement of Vine?
2: Was that the one once Vine went out, Rizzle came out? Um, well, I think they they came out at the same time. Vine was very short, like six ten seconds. Like it was, yes. it was basically a heartbeat. wham. Um, and I made the Pauls. that that
3: started Jake Paul and Logan's rise was Vine.
2: Sure, sure. And uh, but I think they they're very much in the. There really isn't a. Six to 10 second video out there. A lot, a lot of people like the sixty second um, uh, option on there. Right? I did You do like your one joke, but for like very well developed, putting time into it, sixty seconds is is, is a pretty good time. And there's a lot of these, a lot of these apps coming out. I mean, I mean, Instagram has an aspect of it. Uh, TikTok is a major player in the field. Um, I would, I mean, even Twitter had, did their their fleets. They're fleets. They're uh, yeah. disappearing messy video messages. Uh, I don't know why they picked the word fleets, kind of because it's fleeting, I guess. But uh, that's like a big area that a lot of social media companies are figuring out how they can get their books into it. And then Clubhouse, the whole audio thing, that kind of just blew out of nowhere. So there's the two areas that I think are really, really sort of taking hold uh, with right. people.
3: And so I'm more interested in Rizzle. So what would I do on Rizzle, and what would Dave do on Rizzle? So oh, well, why would it be? Saying, how many followers do you have on Rizzle, by the way?
2: Ah, uh, I think I have just north of two hundred and seventy-five hundred thousand followers. What? So mostly in India. It's very big in India. I'm I'm huge in India, apparently. Well, I'm you look like
4: sure you're Indian. Yeah. Two hundred
2: seventy-five thousand. You said? Yeah. Two seventy-five. Yeah, 275,000 since January twenty twenty. Uh, I've over 21 million views of this lovely face. So Dave, that's why we're
3: having him on. He's a social media influencer. Have uh, you monetized this, Rizzle?
2: Um, I've gotten... No, he has something. a mansion right
3: now, Dave. Dave, he has a mansion right now.
2: I wish no. I had a mansion. I'm more than happy to have someone help me monetize this for me. But um, <laughs> I, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've made probably a few thousand bucks off of various things. Uh, I've managed to uh, sort of Use this to get uh, uh, an online radio show myself on AWSM Radio, uh, where I just review the news once a week with my own boyish charm. Um, but I'm not—I'm not driving a Tesla yet. But um, always open. Why don't you to, take all, all those to, followers
3: over YouTube?
2: On YouTube, I had like a thousand followers.
3: Why can't pa- you take all those people over to YouTube from Rizzle?
2: Um, I—it's—it's it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> i would I, if i could i would I mean if
4: it was easy everybody would do it so, yeah, yeah. This,
3: this, this, so so dave what what could dave and I do on rizzle because i would take those followers get sponsorship and say i have over 20 million views you need to be a sponsor of my segments and i sure. get mine.
2: that's sure it. um well what you could do is obviously you could uh obviously promote things on there um you could you, you do your video you put a description you can put five hashtags on it and you can tag up the five other people who are currently following you, and uh, you're following them as well. And then if they respond to it or make a res- response to it, that hurts even more people and whatnot. And then you can also get featured on their featured
3: page. For you page, just
2: like their for you page. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, basically that. Um, and then another aspect of it is that they have hundreds, if not thousands of prompts so you could just espouse your wisdom on, like, you know, which is better, Fast and the Furious or Star Wars? Uh, how do you get over a bad breakup? Why should I invest $10,000? All these r- variety of different subjects that other people have made. Do they, is- do they let it go out there more than a TikTok?
3: Or is it, like, organic, like TikTok, in a way? You know, I, I, some of the, the fluff on TikTok is ridiculous, but you can go viral on there. Is that because Rizzle doesn't have so many people, there's a potential more for somebody like what you've done
2: uh yeah i I mean it's a grind i mean my my main on on risle there's channels you can make channels so like i have uh, several channels of they're not really topics it's basically where i'm sitting so like when i'm here this set this is colt's corner and since january 2020 i've put out 3100 episodes 60 second episodes of me sitting here talking about 3100 different things and whatnot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then there's another Great. channel if I'm driving around and stuck in traffic, pop on the pit helmet and I'll just randomly talk about stuff while I'm driving in the car. Uh, there's one channel where I'm on a treadmill. I want to multitask. I'll be on the treadmill talking to the phone and whatnot. A little bit lower in terms of production quality, but that's that's how I organize my channels. Other people organize their channels like beauty tips, uh, you know, outside exercise, comedy searing. So the the thing that I think Rizzle has over TikTok is you can organize groups of videos much easier rather than having videos be standalone. If, if if that makes sense.
3: And so it's almost like a mini YouTube.
2: Uh, in a way, yeah. I mean, you can connect mini, videos. It's
3: from, almost like Shorts now on YouTube.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, YouTube has seen the value in this shorter, shorter, uh, shorter time length video format
4: give us give us a 30 second example uh show us what you do go go ahead you're on
2: sure well i'm usually three whiskeys into the night so just pretend i am um (sighs) hi friends colt sebastian taylor here adventurer entrepreneur and amateur reader people ask me hey colt you know what would you like to go to the beach and read obviously i don't get sun because i burst into flames under a full moon the current book i'm reading is a the official John Wayne handy book for men. You know what? You can learn how to get in a fistfight, find water in the desert. I mean, it's perfect thing to read on the desert. And then if someone comes up to you, want to pick a fight? They say, oh, John Wayne, no bueno. I'm out of it. So that's my, that's my current book that I like to read. Until next time, my friends, I'm called Sebastian Taylor. And I'll see you later, partner. And that's usually so I, he's I, entertaining,
3: Dave. I don't know if yeah, you can. Close get, to
2: 60 seconds. <laughs> there, there's a little bar at the top that gives you an idea, but I hit my marks pretty good.
4: I like it.
3: So, Dave, I think it would work good for you for caregiving, 60 second spots on caregiving.
4: Yeah. Well, that, I was doing my uh, five minutes a day's hammock wisdom. Then I cut it down to like two minutes of day's hammock wisdom and 60 seconds a day's hammock wisdom. So, yeah, they work out. People don't have a long attention span. They'll. They'll what, watch Dave? the shorter yeah. stuff, you know.
3: Yeah. What, did what'd you say? No, I'm scared. Yeah. We have <laughs> we 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 that two minute sp- soundbite uh, versus the 30 minute uh, <clears throat> diatribe. So, entrepreneurship, podcasting. You have a podcast too, Cole, right?
2: Uh, yeah. It's an online uh, radio show. They also throw up on podcasting platforms. It's called The Saturday Report with Colt, Sebastian Taylor, uh, <laughs> where I collect interesting news stories throughout the week that I think people have missed. And then I don't do three to five minutes on talking about offering my opinions. Uh, for example, here. Oh, for example, last week, I talked about an unsealed subpoena in Pennsylvania where the FBI went to Elk County, dug something up that we found out three, three years later. They're looking for Civil War gold on state game land. But we're not sure if they actually found anything. They say they didn't. But they also rented an armored truck for three days. So you probably missed that story. I thought it was interesting. So why so- haven't you had a
3: morning show? Dave, don't you think you'd be great in a morning show? Sure. Any time oh. of the day or night or whatever time. I think, he, and where's your TLC show about the days and li- life of, uh, of Colt? I just think it can happen. You have that character. Have you pitched reality television stations yet are you an early knowledge. riser
4: are you an early riser
2: um i am wherever i needed to be
4: burst of energy yeah. that you are
2: yes yes i mean i'm if i've yeah. had you'd be a good
4: family. wake up guy wake yeah. up to colt
3: no but yeah. i think a reality television show the day in the life of colt and what his life's like so um, what kind of tell us the day a day in the life of colt go ahead
2: well, I mean, uh, usually up by 6.30, spend a half hour with my lovely boxer puppy outside as she runs around and does her business, feed her, and then I work on various, various marketing projects for about five hours. Uh, then I go to the gym, come back, work on some more stuff, cook myself dinner, and then uh, see what's new on Netflix. I, oh. Most of my time is being spent funding the ability to do this on, on Fridays with you.
4: <laughs> I can see why there's not a Mrs. Colt.
2: <laughs> well, I like to leave my uh, personal life up in the air. so, well, I mean, yeah, so We
4: never know, Colt. But...
2: I feel like much more marketable. There I'm might be student.
4: someone out there just to fit the other part of that jigsaw puzzle and complete you.
2: Might be one, might be three, who knows? It's 2021. Right. Well, I recommend you
4: go to caregiverdave.com, read my book, it's My Life too. And that way, if and when the experience comes, and I I should say when, because it's going to happen, you won't be taken by surprise like I was, and you'll be able to know what to do if a loved one, now you do have loved ones besides your boxer, right? I mean, you haven't totally isolated.
2: You have a family,
4: you have a mother, father, brother, sister, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're proud of you, right? Mostly, most of the time. Good Good for you.
2: I mean, there are occasions, like, oh, all right. But now will I go there, my friend, I will make a rizzle this evening, put that link down there, and send it out to all of my hundreds of thousands of people who have mistakenly right. followed so me. If on you,
3: with- you get $5 for all those hundreds of thousands of people, you'd be in pretty good shape.
2: I would yeah. be in good shape. <laughs> I'd be happy with $2 from them. <laughs> yes. uh, and,
3: and then they might send out uh, something else instead, some rupees instead to you. And then hey, it won't be we- as much. Five rupees would not be much at all, Dave. You know that, right? No. <laughs> Five rupees would be not much at all. So he would get millions of rupees, which would <laughs> be millions of dollars. Hey, I'll buy myself a roast beef dip, I'll be happy. <laughs> all
2: right,
3: guys, we appreciate it. That was, again, the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment. This is a fun segment because, I mean, we could have a show. We could have a running show. There's three of us just talking topics all day long, Dave, because we all talk. All right, that was the Caregiver Dave Celebrity set. Take care, guys. Love.